Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Good morning, and welcome to Spiritual Intelligence. And I'm your host, Ima Sumak Watkins. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm saying hello to my uh, listeners around the planet. I appreciate you always tuning in, and I love the feedback, so please keep it coming. like to know what you think about and what would you like to hear on the show. I'm always open to uh, your suggestions and every day making this show a little bit better and better for you. Um, we have a, a really nice guest on today. We had such a great conversation when I first spoke to her. Her name is Jean Brannon, and she's an acupuncturist and author. And I'll just give you a quick um, a little bio that she sent me. And it's whether working with patients or written word, licensed acupuncturist and author Jean Brannon likes to use metaphysical and Eastern mysticism concepts as tools to help people become more self-empowered. Her dream is to give ancient wisdom and new thought ideas a voice in popular culture. Atlas Rhythming is a romantic. Okay, this is the book that we're going to talk about. Her book is Atlas Rhythming is a romantic epic fantasy in the first installment in the Highest Light series. Currently, Jean is completing a trilogy from her Metro Atlanta home, which she shares with her rescue pups, Rosie and Connell. Um, and so I wanted to also, she, and just before we got on the show, she was also telling, uh, she was also letting me know that she's also have a nonfiction coming out, which we'll get to really quickly if we're able to get to it. But first of all, good morning, Jean. Hello, Ema, and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday as well. I mean, there's a lot of questions here because um, acupuncture, I wanted to talk about acupuncture um, and how you use, uh, you know, as you say, your metaphysical and Eastern mysticism concepts, tools to go with it. And and when we first talked, we were talking about, um, I mean, a, a lack of a better word, old school acupuncture and a little bit new uh can you go over that with with me so so let's just start with how did you even how did you want to even become an acupuncturist what happened what was that about well so for me i used to work in the corporate world and i developed back pain pretty early on and someone that i worked with said hey why don't you go and see an acupuncturist because i've had really good results with seeing an acupuncturist. And so I did. I made a series of appointments. I was actually blown away by how much it helped me. And at the time, I thought, you know, this would make an awesome second career. Of course, it took me quite some time uh, to actually go back to school and pursue a second career, but it never escaped my mind. And I realized pretty early on during those treatments because, see, acupuncture is based on the principles of Taoism, and Taoism is essentially looking to nature for your inspiration and for how to move through the world and actually also for your healing when healing is necessary. And 
everything that I learned about it just for me personally really resonated and I could feel the truth of it within myself. And I, I actually realized, you know what, I had been a Taoist my whole life. I just didn't know what to call it. <laughs> so uh, in <laughs> essence, learning about Chinese medicine gave me language for things that I had always known and felt within myself. So, uh, but it took me a number of years to go back to school, and, you know, I, I really researched it a lot. I put a lot of thought into it, and I went and visited different schools, and I sent away for a bunch of course catalogs, and I really delved into this topic. But the interesting thing is none of the course catalogs tell you, in essence, there are two schools of thought in this country in terms of how Chinese medicine is taught. And so there is classical Chinese medicine, which in essence embodies the spiritual roots of the medicine. This goes back to the very beginning of when acupuncture and Chinese medicine were evolving. And so it's very spirit-based. It's very Taoism-oriented. And so in essence, the spirit leads everything that eventually happens with the physical body. Um now, when the Cultural Revolution happened in China, well, a lot of those spiritual principles weren't in keeping with communist thinking. And so there was a different, more streamlined approach that came out of, of those traditions, and that was called traditional Chinese medicine. So TCM is what's taught in most of the schools in this country. Now, what what I found really interesting is I didn't, understand that myself, despite all my research, uh, mm-hmm. looking at different schools, interviewing in different places. I didn't know that until the second day of acupuncture school when I had already committed to a TCM school. And I realized, wow, you know, I really think my heart is in classical Chinese medicine. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every, there's a lesson in everything. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm so blessed that I had an experience in both kinds of schools because everything is helpful, and and TCM is highly effective at treating people. There's no question about it. So, but that's what led me to become an acupuncturist in the first place. Mhm, mhm. I, I I when we had our conversation, I agree with you. For me, the classical um, acupuncturist is uh, acupuncture is probably. I just I know that I feel better, and I I and I shared with you my experience that I had with um, a woman who had done acupuncture. And now, that after speaking with you, and I realized that she was, uh, pra- you know, she was practicing classical um, acupuncture, and, and it seemed it just was better for me. It was just it seemed better for me. Um, and although I'd gone to others with. Uh, the TCM, it, it it was fine, but for some reason it just there was more of a a match, a better affinity with the other one. So so here you are, you're an acupuncturist now, and now how do you apply all these tools into your into your practice? Well, I actually approach each treat each treatment that I do with mm-hmm. the firm intention of helping the person that's in front of me for whatever that person is going through in that moment. And so different tools will speak to me. Some people actually need to speak about what's going on. They just need to sort of download because they've not had anyone that 
perhaps that they could really trust or anyone that could hold their story and just let that be released um, from their experience. So for some people, there's a lot of talking during a session, uh, and I just become a committed listener if that's what's really needed. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people, some people come in and they're looking for tools to help them. They're they're aware that they they want to move from point A to point B, but they're not quite sure how to get there. So I'll recommend different things, dietary therapies or certain crystals or essential oils or herbs. There are any number of tools that can be used to help people um, evolve on their path. And so I just try to meet somebody wherever they're at and give them a choice of tools. And then I always tell them, you know, I, I'd recommend you come back within usually 7 to 14 days so we can touch base and you can let me know how these tools worked. And I also just basically say, you know what, I've got other tools, but I feel for you these would be the first ones to try. And when you come back, we can just evaluate that and move from there. So, um, and, and metaphysical and Eastern concepts just weave their way into our conversation because for me, truly, Taoism is at the heart of my life. I'm not just a practicing acupuncturist. I'm, I'm actually, I embody those principles. It's how I live my life. So if, whenever I'm talking to somebody, I feel like, really, that's just, I'm, I'm bringing that forth because that's such a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But very good. Now, I want to get to the book, but I have one more question. And that sure. is for anybody anybody out there who has not had acupuncture before, what is the concept behind acupuncture? Would you explain what does it do to the body in order to help it heal itself? Can you explain that? Well, so in essence, first of all, the number one thing that people who've never had acupuncture, when they come in, the number one thing they want to talk about is, is this going to hurt um, and so we have a conversation about the needles. And in essence, when somebody uh, comes in for treatment, what they're allowing me to do with the needles is to play traffic cop with their energy. Because at the heart of any imbalance in the body is a form of traffic jam. Somewhere along the line with the different meridian systems, there's some kind of energy that's blocked or not moving, very similar to a traffic jam. So in essence, I can tap into those various meridians at points, very specific acupuncture points, which basically serve like traffic lights. And so I can tap into that energy, make it into a green light to help move the energy through the blocked area. And all acupuncture points work together very much like a prescription. So one builds upon another. And so I can send the signal from here and it connects with the signal over here. And at the end of all of the inserting of the needles, everything is working as a whole to keep the energy moving throughout the body, throughout the treatment. So that's in essence what's happening. I'm helping to unblock a person's energy. And some people have been blocked for so long, they, they're just sort of blown away when they, in many cases for the first time, actually feel what their energy feels like circulating through. Okay. So, so that's that's really what I'm doing. I'm just helping to unblock what's stuck. So, so in essence, when there is a pain, a uh, disease, or if there is something or chronic, or um, it's basically energy that's blocked in your body. 
Yes, at the heart of any imbalance, it doesn't matter if it's pain, it doesn't matter if it's anxiety, it doesn't matter if it's some sort of cold, you've got a blockage in your energy system. And so at the heart of Chinese medicine, what we're looking at is where is the energy blocked and how can we get that energy to move more freely? If somebody's energy is moving freely, even if they catch a little cold, it might last for just a few hours before it passes through. So that's Got it. in essence, right? So if your energy is moving really well, then wellness is your experience. Correct. So yes, yes. So it so anything that starts to block you can basically as a human and with the help of say acupuncture um, you can help move the energy which starts to clear the channels in your body which starts to help heal that be it uh, a pain a chronic pain or something that is happening that you know could be any any other disease am I am I going am I going down the right road here Jean uh, oh absolutely that's very well said yes <laughs> okay good good now and and you know, I just want to encourage everybody out there who, for uh, alternative healing and going to an acupuncturist, finding the right one for yourself. And what would you suggest if you were to, if someone were to be looking for an acupuncturist, what would you suggest would be some good questions to ask? Well, I think the person that's looking for treatment needs to be honest about what he or she is seeking. Mm-hmm. Are you just looking for someone to move your shoulder pain? Are you looking to make a real change in your life? Are you looking to move through issues with anxiety? Do you have a chronic condition like rheumatoid arthritis? So mm-hmm. depending on what's going on with you right now um, and what you're seeking, that can lead you toward the type of practitioner that would resonate the most. So I, I really truly believe this. Any practitioner has something to offer. And Chinese medicine is very old. It's very broad and very deep. And so if you lined up 100 acupuncturists and asked each one of them, how would you treat this person? that's right in front of you. You uh-huh. will get a hundred different options. And I feel like that's the way it should be because it's really, it's an art and it's a spiritual practice. And there's no, as Dallas like to say, there's no one way up the mountain. So uh-huh. one acupuncturist may choose to treat through the kidney, kidney meridian and another may choose to treat through the lung. There's not a right or wrong. There's just, how are we going to approach this uh, right now in this moment? And so I feel like if a person is looking for an acupuncturist, really think about, are you wanting to work on the physical level? Are you wanting to work on the emotional level? Are you wanting to work on the spiritual level? Uh, Because acupuncture can work on any of those levels. Um, If you're looking specifically to release shoulder pain, as an example, then you would be perfectly fine seeing any TCM practitioner, I would say, because acupuncture is really, really good at moving shoulder pain. Uh If you're looking for more of a spiritual connection or someone that you feel like, hey, maybe I've had this trauma 
okay, maybe I haven't really been able to release this, and, and now I feel like I'm ready to release this. So that might lead you more toward a classical practitioner because that's, that's more the realm of going back to the Taoist roots and the spiritualism. So it's also individual. I would say that is so well, whoever you treat, it's also about them and, and what they're what would work for them. So it's all individual. It's pretty much oh, what you're yes. saying. That's that's the first thing we learn. I think probably in any acupuncture school, you treat the person right in front of you for what that person is going through in that moment. So it's all very present and. Each time you have somebody sit with you for a treatment, you ideally need to bring yourself into the present moment. It's not, oh, three weeks ago you were having this trauma. No, it's what's going on in the moment right now because you know what? Whatever happened three weeks ago, you are in a different place and the person is going to be in a different place. So it's really about showing up in the moment. Thank you so much for that because I think as as it's – somewhat similar and I would say for a lot of the energy workers and healers out there it's somewhat similar but you this is a acupuncturist I would say is is uh, is more accepted now um and I would say anybody out there to try it to really go out and try it and if you're in the Atlanta area guess what you can look up Jean <laughs> <laughs> well, so all the people who listening and <laughs> <laughs> All of those who are listening in Atlanta, look up Jean Brannon, y'all, and because because she's got a great practice out there. So now we're gonna Thanks make a, a we're gonna kind of switch over. What got you into writing? I mean, got got you to writing, and also Atlantis Rithering. Can you? So it's double. First of all, how did you? How what what got you to to want to write? And can you give us a synopsis of Atlantis Rithering? So um, basically, my earliest childhood dream was that I wanted to write. I wanted to be a writer, and I wanted to write books. But I wanted to write books that were very meaningful. Um, I discovered this when I was in eleventh grade, and. In my high school 11th grade English class, Mrs. Gwynn was my instructor, and I remember I read uh, Charlotte Bronte's work, and I fell in love. I absolutely fell in love. Jane Eyre was such an inspiration for me. Um, If you think about all of the symbolism that's in that book, she really writes from a Dallas perspective in a lot of instances. Now, see, I didn't know this at the time when I was in 11th grade, but I really loved how a lot of the foreshadowing came from what was happening in nature. Uh-huh. And so I, I fell in love with literature, and I said to myself, you know what, this is really what I want to do. Um, I went on to read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and I just that was it for me. I was just like, this is, this would be the ultimate dream. But I also didn't know what to say that would be meaningful. And so when it came time to choose a college major, I actually chose journalism and advertising because I thought, well, this is very practical. You know, I can, I can write about what's happening and I can write about products and hopefully that's going to help people. And I'll figure out what's meaningful at some point, and eventually I'll write a novel. And so that's what led me into the corporate world. 
and yet, you know, our spirits are always evolving, no matter what. And yes. I, I found out in the corporate world that for me personally, because I had this deep, deep love of literature and this real hunger for helping people, that I didn't really want to use words to sell people things. It just, it just never felt right to me. And so that kind of led me on this pretty long journey to becoming an acupuncturist where that allowed me to help people, but I still wasn't using words to help people. And so I felt like, mm, you know, this is a huge piece of it because I found a huge piece of myself by studying Chinese medicine. Um, but what actually got me to write was I was partnered with a wonderful man, and we were together for 13 years, and in 2013, he died suddenly. And at that time, I really had to sit with myself, and fortunately, I, I just felt so blessed because I had a lot of tools in my belt that I could use to help myself through this tragedy. And... I was looking at what do I need to do here? I need to reclaim my life as opposed to what had been our life together. And so the thing that just started really shouting at me is you have to write. You have to write. And so um, basically two days after his memorial service, I sat down at the computer and I said, all right, I'm making this commitment to myself. And so I really committed Every day, I sat at the computer, I made sure that I took care of my acupuncture patients, because I, at the time, you know, we had been living over in Athens, and that's Athens, Georgia, by the way. Um, we were living there, and so we had a farm and uh, an acupuncture practice, and there was just a lot on my plate that when you have a strong and equal partner, uh, and then suddenly that's not there any longer, there's a bit of an adjustment. And so I still needed to take care of all of my responsibilities, but my ultimate responsibility was reclaiming myself and healing my heart. And so every day I committed to writing. It didn't matter if I didn't feel like it. It didn't matter if I thought it, what I was writing wasn't meaningful or I, it just didn't sound good. I committed to writing and not editing. And I did that for seven months because it took me seven months to complete the first uh, draft of this book. And, mm -hmm. and I was drawn I was drawn to write about Atlantis because I'd always been fascinated by the idea of a lost civilization. Uh, that was something that had always captured my imagination. And I thought, you know, hmm, nobody really knows what happened there. So let me delve into this legend. And, and I... The more I would read what Plato had written and Edgar Cayce and, you know, all the research, for me personally, it just lit me up, and I loved it. And so because I loved it, I knew I was on the right track for me. And what I started writing, you know, my intention was to weave this story together that someone could read on a number of levels. I wanted to structure it basically like an acupuncture treatment because, you know, you can approach acupuncture on any number of levels. And I wanted someone to be able to read this. If they just wanted to read it as as a a really nice love story, then I wanted them to be able to do that. Or if they just wanted to read about a lost civilization and how that came to be, well, I wanted them to be able to do that too. But at the same time, what I wove into the story were these other concepts of 
Eastern mysticism and new thought ideas and things like that. And so you can actually read it like a manual for how to basically uplift, inspire, and empower yourself. So huh. that, that's what I did. <laughs> so that was my that was So, my so what's the story about? So what's yeah. the story about? Well, so there's a central love story. In, and, and I wrote, I, I feel like I was drawn to write about that because I had lost the love of my life. Okay. And I realized that a lot of people may not have experienced uh, having a really balanced and healthy relationship. So the central love story in Atlantis Rising celebrates true oneness of spirit, uh, basically through the sensual connection and mutual respect that's only possible because each partner has first learned self-love and self-empowerment. And so throughout much of the book, we can watch the book's heroine, her name is Alicia, develop and deepen her confidence and sense of self-empowerment. So she's basically, uh, she evolves a lot from the beginning of the book to the end. And so that's what I I didn't I, I didn't want to preach to people about it. I wanted to show them this is what can happen if you're open to being led uh-huh. by spirit. Now this is this is this all takes place during the time of Atlantis, the the city, the the culture of Atlantis. It it does. In essence okay. I I set the the book at the time when Atlantis was really starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. And so I, I basically set up the narrative that there's an evil king that has come into power. And because Atlantis was not evil to begin with. I mean, according to all of the legends, you know, this is where there was a lot of spirituality. There, there was a time when, in essence, Atlantis was considered almost like an Eden on Earth, where things were really pretty perfect because there was this balance. There was an acknowledgement of nature and spirit, and yet there was a commitment to how can we better our lives here. And so there was this development of technology. And so what I did is I said it at the beginning of sort of when there was a move away from the spiritual aspect and more of an emphasis on the technology. And so I have this evil king come in that is exploiting the technology for his own gain and because he needs to fulfill his ego. And all of the culture has basically, they drank that Kool-Aid. So... These missionaries, in essence, have come from another world right. to come here Got it. to Atlantis and save save the day, basically. Okay. And then I love to read book from that. That sounds. Uh, uh, first of all, I I like all the things having to do with Atlantis. I did a, a did a show at one point for another. Uh, podcast all developed around Atlantis and every all the findings. So I'm in already. So oh great. <laughs> oh yeah. No. I it, yeah. It's I've it's it's been something that has also captured me for you know a long long time. Um, so I am 
so anybody out there, of course, please go out there and and purchase because this sounds like very very fascinating. And the fact of and and what I'm curious about, and you don't have to tell me because I want to read the book, but it's how you set up Atlantis. You know, because everybody has their own imagine. You know how, how they imagine how Atlantis is, and they have their own. So it, I'll be curious to see how you set up the culture and the environment and what it looks like. So it's always fun. It's always just fun to find that out. Oh, I can't wait for you to experience it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's a good word. It's, it's to experience it because it is the experience of Atlantis. We all have our own concept of what that is. You know, um, absolutely. And, absolutely, and of course. On another time, we can talk about the past lives that we all feel that we've had and all the tuning into that, but that would be another show. <laughs> <laughs> that might but, take a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but we have a little bit of time, and I want you to touch base on this other, other that you have coming up. It's a nonfiction, which I think will be very interesting for our audiences as well. So, and I know you can't give it away or just give us as much as you can about this new book that's going to be coming out. And this is a nonfiction. Yes, this is a nonfiction. And so in essence, it's a chakra book, but it focuses on the lower body chakras that a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with. So I focus on uh, basically I we're calling we're using the language in the book, the trousers to toes chakras. So in essence, basically from the short third, the third chakra down to, mm-hmm. to the toes. Okay. And so a lot of what I have found in terms of working with people over the years in the treatment room, a lot of people really have a lot of issues rooted in these lower chakra issues because a lot of issues with family or sexuality or personal power are all rooted in these lower chakras. And if, if a person doesn't find a way to balance and ground and become more centered uh, in these lower chakras, then you can work on balancing the upper chakras day in and day out, and it's not going to have as lasting an effect. So I talk a lot about that. I give different um, meditations and affirmations, and I list a lot of the tools that I actually recommend to my patients in the course of an acupuncture treatment. Uh, I talk a lot about that in, in this book as well. So it's, it's talking about what the chakras are, how the imbalances can manifest, and giving tools to help balance them. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Can you give us a name now, or have you, has it not been decided yet i am not 100 percent sure that they have it's it's right with the editor at this point and i'm not 100 percent sure that that they've gone with the name that we've been the working title that we've been working with so i i'd hate to give it away but no okay (laughs) and and that's fine and i'd love for you to come back and and because uh people are just out because everybody's on the internet looked up chakras and or uh, they're learning it from friends and things. And it would be great for you to, being that you do this all the time and this is that you work with, it'd be great for you to come back and for your, everybody to find out, you know, how you as an acupuncturist work with the chakras and also about more about them, how they can empower themselves. So I think it would be a really good um, show for you to come back and talk to us about it. How does that sound? 
Ema, I would love that. Thank you. I, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start to wrap it up. But I want to just is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience as a last thing? And also, I'm going to ask you to let everybody know how they can reach you. And I have a couple of things on the um, link. So. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, what I like to just talk to people about pretty much whenever I have the opportunity is that it doesn't matter what personal challenge you may be dealing with in life. There's always a bright side. Um, within any wound, there's a gift. And sometimes it's really hard to see when we're really caught in the wound and when it's very raw and open, it's hard to see that there's a gift, but time gives us a little bit of that vantage point and allows for a sense of healing to take place. And so I would just want to encourage anyone out there that, that's in pain or, or feels suffering or just overburdened in general, there is hope and there's help. And whether it's an acupuncturist or a Reiki practitioner or going to see your massage therapist or chiropractor, there are any number of holistic practitioners with open hearts at, that are really, really sincerely there to help. So I would just encourage anyone to, to just get a helping hand, you know, and, and to reach out for that. Thank you. And, uh, Oh, sure. I mean, I truly believe that. And, and I refer people all the time to all kinds of therapists because there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of really good work. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. I, I, I agree with you. So what other, oh, how, how can they reach you? And for any questions or all those who are in Atlanta or in the surrounding area, how do they reach you? So anybody could just shoot me an email, gene at com. There's actually a lot of information on my website. Uh, I do a series of, uh, well, I actually post on Instagram every day and on Facebook. Uh, basically, I'm incorporating Chinese medicine with helpful, inspirational quotes just to give people a little bit of a lift. So if you're needing to brighten your day, you can always check the website or check on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, you know, I'm I'm doing that every day just to help support people and and help uplift anyone. So, and the book is on Amazon, by the way, folks, and it's on, and I've got that link up on the link that you're listening to. So the book it is on Amazon Atlantis writing, and really pick it up. It sounds wonderful, and I like the fact that you incorporated. Um, you know, all of the, your, you know, what I'm curious is how you, when you said that you're incorporated, like doing a treatment, I said that that would be a very cool experience reading this book. So everybody out there, go out and check it out and look up uh, Jean. And so we're going to wrap this up right now. And thank you so much for being on our show. And Jean's going to be back with her, with because we're going to talk about chakras for sure. Um, and so I just want to wish everybody a really great Saturday and to remind you that, you know, we are on iHeartRadio. We are on iTunes, Spreaker. We are also, of course, where you're listening on Blog Talk Radio. And thank you to Lions uh, Radio Network for our show. 
And we're on Amazon, by the way, and you can pull us up on um, Alexa or Echo. So we're out there. Um, and once again, thank you again, and thank you, Jean. And we'll just say enjoy your week and be kind to yourself. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Ema.